from Friday night football to the county fair, from picnics in the park to hometown parades, from big cities to small towns, we are proud to serve our communities. Last year, we volunteered 19,000 hours and donated $5 million to local charities. Because lending a hand to a neighbor and investing in the people and places around us is the right thing to do. We are Park National Bank, and we are proud to serve you. Member FDIC. Anyone who knows me knows how much I love pictures. I love to take pictures. I don't necessarily love to be in them unless I'm in them with my loved ones. When my mom died when I was a senior in high school, ever since then, one of my biggest regrets is not having more photos of me and my mom together. It's something that I can't go back and change. And so it's why I take so many pictures of my kids, with my kids, of my family, with my family, because photos capture time. They capture memories. They capture heart. They capture love. They are powerful. My guest today realized that this was something that she could use, her gift of photography, to give back and create memories for people in need. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who's trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Kylie Maughan, the founder of Kylie Ann Photography and the Kylie Ann Passion Project, photographing pro bono people in need. This conversation was so inspiring. It was sad. It was funny. We just, we had such a great time chatting and I'm really inspired by the work that Kylie does. And so without further ado, on to my chat with Kylie. Kylie, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing so good. It's rainy and I'm in a sweatshirt and cozy in my in my little studio. It's, it's a perfect day. How I okay, what's your favorite season? Are you like a fall, spring, summer, winter? What are what oh, what's your favorite? I'm definitely a fall, spring. Coming from Washington, I feel like it's always fall, spring in Washington, but I'm in Utah now. So we've got some extremes. We've got like a lot of snow and then really hot summers. I was going to say, (laughs) where in Utah are you? You're in Northern Utah, right? Okay. Yes. I'm really North. So there's a lot of snow. I've had to learn how to ski so that I can enjoy life in the winter (laughs) months, which is like half the year. So, you know, I am very fascinated by the weather out there uh, because I traveled to Salt Lake City a few summers ago and I, because I have friends that are out in Utah, I mean, they always talk about how freaking cold it gets and they talk about the snow and like I had one friend who lives outside of she lives in Sandy Utah and they had one winter they had something like four or five feet of snow and I was just like what in the world like I cannot comprehend that much snow but then when I was there so I'm thinking like it's gonna be kind of cool when I was there I was there in June it was like hell's front porch it was so Mm -hmm. hot and I was not prepared at all so anyway yeah exactly and we're a little more north so you add a foot of snow to whatever Sandy and Salt Lake is getting we have at least a foot more than that That so it's nuts what do you do like I this is a legitimate question I have what do you do when you have that much snow like how do you even I don't know so function that's a good question so um 
first couple years, I like cried and like rocked in my room because <laughs> I'm from Washington and I don't drive in the snow. Like in Washington, if it snows, the city shuts down. You like you don't leave. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've gotten used to it, but I, I still don't drive unless the plows come because it's super scary. And my husband goes out and he plows, you know, with the little snow plower so that we can like make it to the mailbox and stuff. But yeah, it's it's kind of a weird like when you wake up with feet of snow, it is a weird thing like to walk so outside crazy. and be like, OK, everything that was here yesterday is now gone. Yeah. When we get snow here in the South, which is not much, but we we tend to like I've lived in North Carolina 10 years now. And I would say that in the 10 years that I've lived here, pretty much at least once a year, we get a a relatively decent snow. There's maybe been one or two years where we've only gotten like a flurry. But you know, like once a year, and it, it always varies. Some years it's been in December, one year we had it in January, one year we had it in February, one year we had it in like late March, which was just bizarre. But when oh we gosh. get snow here, the, the entire like, people flip out. Like, yeah, flip no school, right? Out. Oh, no, no, no grocery stores. Like, everything shuts down. It's amazing. Everything shuts down. Like, <laughs> and there's always like, I don't understand it because the bread and milk is gone. Like, there is yeah. <laughs> no bread and milk to be found. And I always want to know, like, what are these people making? Like, are they just, yeah, just exactly. putting pieces of bread on a plate and just pouring <laughs> milk on top? Like, what is, oh, what gosh. are you doing with this bread and milk? That's so funny. It's so weird. Yeah, we, oh, people in the South just lose their dang mind. There was yeah. actually a storm a few years ago where it, it kind of snuck up on the area like the weather people were you know they were predicting some snow but they didn't really know how bad it was going to be and it kind of popped up in the middle of the day and so kids were in school oh, and no. so they do early release but the the snow just unleashed and so of course like the highways are backed up People are, parents are freaking out. Uh, my husband at the time was working, um, like his commute without traffic was like 45 minutes at that time. And I was like, he's going to die on his way home. Oh, like there's just, gosh, yeah. because the people were literally, I kid you not, abandoning cars on the side of the road and just walking because it was so oh, bad. Oh my for gosh. Weeks, yeah. And if you're not used to the snow, you don't know how to no, drive in the snow. No. It's scary. For weeks, there were just cars piled up on the side oh of the gosh. highway. But then there was this picture, this image that went viral, um, like it and it still gets brought up every single year. It went viral all over the world, and it was like of this um, main road in Raleigh called Glenwood Avenue. And you see the snow, you see uh, you know cars piled up on the side of the road, but then there's a car in the middle just on fire, like people oh. on their phones, like it is just pandemonium. Oh, my gosh. And so people have over the years, like they've photoshopped like dinosaurs into it, like because it just looks oh, like a awesome. scene from like an apocalyptic film. Like it's, <laughs> but it's like nope, that's just Glenwood. The, the world ended. Yep, yep. Anyway, that's so terrible. here we are talking about snow, um, but it's cool. You know, it's just it's the thing that unites us right yes right yes. so um let's actually get to uh what we were here to talk about and that is the <laughs> kylie 101 um and your incredible passion project uh which we will get to but i um would just love to know who you are and how you got to where you are today so for the listeners that don't know who you are tell us tell us all about yourself awesome so i'm kylie my business is kylie ann studios 
So I started photography about eight and a half years ago. It was just Kylie and photography. It was a one woman show. Um, I was actually really bad. You know, when you look back and you think you think you're good at the time, but you look back and you're like, whoa, I can't believe I was taking people's family pictures. So that was me kind of in the beginning. I was just doing it. I loved it. I love photography. I just, my husband actually, how it started is kind of a cute story. So my husband, um, well, actually he was my fiance at the time, found out I wanted to be a photographer one day. We were broke college kids, you know, it's expensive to get into photography. And so for Valentine's day that year, I went into his room and his Xbox was gone and there was a little box in its place. And that box was, um, actually, um, my first DSLR. So that's what kind of started photography. Yes. That's so so sweet. (laughs) Yes. So then I just took that camera around and um, took pictures of my sisters and, you know, my friends until people started hiring me. And um, when I had my son, things shifted. So I'll talk about this a little bit when I talk about my passion project. But when I had my first son a couple years later, um, a couple big things happened. First, I had to make this shift in my business where I was going to start treating it like a business um, because I either needed to choose like hobby, take pictures of my family or make this legit and make money because the time away from, you know, my kid at this point is not worth what I was charging and, and how long it took and all these things. And then another thing that happened right after my son was born was my cousin was diagnosed with cancer. So I'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute. But basically, I had this huge shift in my business where... I jumped in with both feet and just started, you know, blogging and sticking to my pricing and sticking to my editing style and all these different things, investing in education. And from there, it's just kind of blown up. So now here we are in 2019 and I have a team of six. I have a full associate team. So I, I shoot full time. I'm mostly doing like commercial and brand stuff now. Um, and then I have three full time wedding photographers and family photographers we have an editor, a marketing assistant, and we shoot 75 weddings a year now. So it's kind of just grown into this big, awesome um, business. And then I also do a lot more education, speaking, teaching, online workshops, in-person workshops, and stuff like that. Wow, that's amazing. I I love photography. I have always had a passion for it. I was... Um, the, uh, the girl in college who always walked around with the camera. <laughs> and, um, and so I've done actually photography on the side for years, but um, I just admire and I just I, I think because I don't do it full time. Um, I just have such an appreciation for people who just have really honed their skills and really focused on that education piece and really building a fantastic business because that is one of those things that a lot of creatives, creative types who yes. are really great artists or photographers are not savvy business owners. And yes, they struggle hard. with that. So that's just amazing that you've taken that passion, that creative passion that you have. And you've also built a really fantastic, sustainable business that, um, you know, you're able to employ other people and you're able to bring, uh, you know, bring blessings upon them and all of that. So that's, that's just incredible. Thank you. Yes, it's been it's been definitely a journey I never imagined. You know, from the beginning, you just think like, oh, yeah, my friends and family will hire me. I'll, I'll do this. You know, I'll be a mom and then I'll take pictures of my friends on the side. And it's just, you know, when you take a step forward, things, opportunities open up, doors open up and you just keep walking forward. And then it, one day you look back and you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't even believe that here, here we are. Yeah, Absolutely. 
And so, you know, knowing a little bit, you know, I obviously know a little bit of your story, um, but for the listeners that don't, um, there's so much more to your business than just being a photographer. Not that you're just a photographer, but you you know what I'm saying. Yes. Um, yes. There's so much to your more to your business, and you really have. Um, a huge heart for um, for really running a business with purpose and for for giving back and for leaving a lasting impact on the world. And so I would love for you to share um, all about uh, the Kylie Passion Project. All right. So um, back to my story with my cousin. Mm-hmm. So um, when I, it was kind of right when I was making this shift in my business, like, do I really want to do this? Um and do I really want, you know, to be away from my kids? Is this worth it? Kind of a thing. Um, and right at that exact same time, my cousin, who was 11 at the time, really close with her family. My aunt is like one of the younger aunts and my mom's one of the older um, in her family. So like I'm, we have kids the same age, me and this aunt. So my cousin, um, who was 11 at the time, was diagnosed with cancer. And it was the first like cancer, the first big thing in our family. So it was a big deal and it was really hard. And they asked me along the way to photograph a lot of these different events. Um, the first thing I photographed was, um, the day she was pulling out her hair in chunks, losing her hair. And she just didn't even think she'd have hair by the end of the day. They called me one morning and said, can you come over and take our last, like not our last, but it could have been, you know, our last family picture with her hair. And so we took a family picture, just she couldn't leave the house. She was so sick, just right there in her living room. And then she went into the kitchen and shaved her head. And I actually didn't see her head that day. She was so just, I mean, she was 11 years old and bald. That's really hard. But over the cancer journey, I was able to take pictures like the first time she like went out of the house without her hair on and without any hair and then without a wig. Um, and then we did like fun shoots, like all of the wigs people sent her, all the hats people sent her all the way until she rang the cancer free bell at the end of her journey. So her last chemo appointment when she rang the cancer free bell and, um, it was really like life changing for me. And that's because, um, well, first of all, I got as a photographer, I got to be there like front row on this really, emotional journey. And I think, you know, when I started shooting weddings and other things, I I get to do that every day with everything, with birth stories, with weddings, you kind of get this VIP pass to like the best and worst moments of people's lives. And you get to be right up there and be involved and serve people. Um, And then also I realized that there's a lot of things that there's a lot of reasons um, that you need photographs. And obviously my family wouldn't have hired a photographer for these things. If I wasn't part of the family, they wouldn't have had the money or the, even the, probably the want to have someone there to photograph these things. But now these are the most crucial, like some of these moments are some of the most crucial things in her entire life. Like these build up her whole life. And these, the day she lost her hair and the day she rang the chemo, the chemo bell or the cancer free bell, all these things are things that make up her story and that are so important. And, um, so a couple months later after my cousin, um, was cancer free, um, one of our really good friends, sisters was diagnosed with breast cancer. She was 29 years old. She had two year old twins. Maybe they were three at the time, but it was kind of a really emotional time. And obviously you go through lots of body changes and things. Um, so I took, again, I took her, we were actually at her brother's wedding who we were really good friends with took their family picture 
And then she was just constantly on my mind. And I didn't want, I felt like everyone kind of grieves things differently and goes through things differently. And so I didn't want to offend her by asking if she wanted pictures. And I know that's silly looking back at like, you know, the worst she could do is say no, but I didn't know her enough, but I just had this feeling that I needed to ask her if she wanted pictures of her journey at all, like any pictures. And, um, so one day I reached out and I just said like, Hey, I would love to take pictures of anything and everything on your journey. If you'd like, it could be, you know, playing with your kids on the floor after chemo, feeling sick in your sweats, or we could do this big style shoot where, um, we dress up in a, you know, a pink ball ground to represent breast cancer, like whatever you want. And she told me, she said, I have been praying about finding someone who can take photos of this journey and I'm going to be losing my hair in the next 24 hours. I've already kept it longer than anyone else. Could we put together a, a big grand shoot? And so the next day she, her mother-in-law, who is her, her hairdresser, shaved her head and I found a pink ball gown and a makeup artist and we like people came from hours away to help me with this shoot and we put her in this like Vera Wang blush dress and she got her makeup done she got all this jewelry and we just twirled around and um you know not celebrated but um made a a memory out of a really like it could probably one of the hardest days in a cancer journey because it just it's like reality sets in and she's now cancer free. And a year after that, she's, she posted on Facebook with those photos and said, um, this day was supposed to be one of the hardest days for me, but I've never felt more beautiful than I did on this day. Mm. So that's when the, um, Kylie Ann passion, I get emotional every time. Yeah. That's when the Kylie Ann passion project was born. And I decided that there's a lot of people out there that are struggling physically, emotionally, um, financially, and their stories are really important and should be heard. So what I do is basically open nomination. You can nominate anyone, um, to get a free photo session with me. And, uh, basically they, they just have to have like a financial or a physical need. So, um, along the way I photographed a dozen funerals, um, children, babies, old people, you know, that are grandpas and grandmas, um, husbands that have died from cancer. I photographed, um, my sweet friend, um, her daughter drowned on, uh, like a Memorial day camping trip in a river and she wasn't supposed to live and she made a full recovery. So I went in and, uh, photographs like some of her therapies and her in the hospital and her room and just all these different stories that are just so they've been so powerful to me and they've given me a lot of purpose in my business like why I take photos even family photos I've had a lot of my clients who I've taken their last family photos and I didn't know it was going to be their last but it's just given a little bit more purpose behind what I do and why I do it I'm taking a quick break from my chat with Kylie to talk about the incredible fall collection from Seiko Designs. You're going to be so inspired by the richness of the season's colors like pebbled amore, oiled olive, and rich mahogany. Let the fall collection not only be a celebration of travel, but also a celebration of the journey within. My favorite pieces like the multi-way shawl in Leo, which I'm wearing right now, and the caftan in Chianti are just so beautiful. And every single time I wear them, people ask me about them. 
So to shop this incredible collection of fair trade, handmade, beautiful pieces, go to SeikoDesigns.com slash Molly Stillman. That's S-S-E-K-O designs.com slash Molly Stillman. As you're heading into the holiday season, shop fair trade, shop ethically. And one of the places you can do that is through Seiko Designs. So back to my chat with Kylie. I love that you talk about um, that the struggle is really part of the the larger story. Um, And I know that you've been there to photograph some of the darkest times in, in people's lives. But what you've done is you really have blessed them with a gift. You know, I, uh, in 2018, um, my husband and I lost two babies in the second trimester of pregnancy. And, um, you know, I, when I was in the hospital, a nurse actually took a photo of me holding, um, our son, and uh, my husband and then a a hospital chaplain praying over us. Um, And it's just, it was, it's a cell phone picture (laughs) um, and I will treasure it forever. Um, You know, and you know, she, she said, she was like, I don't, you know, I didn't know if you would want it or not. And I just said, absolutely. Like, absolutely. And some of those pictures, like, I just, I I will treasure forever. And so what you've given those families who are going through the unimaginable is a a gift. It really is a gift. Um, And I I also love what you you shared about how you've, you know, you've taken family photos for for people. And, um, you know, sometimes it's their last family photo. And I've shared this story um, on the podcast before, but it was a while ago. So, um, but, you know, when my my mom died when I was 17 and to this day, to this day, almost, gosh, how many years later, 17, 18 years later, um, I one of my biggest regrets is not having more pictures with my mom. It really is. I mean, I yeah. just I can't go back and change that. And I think too, with people, a lot of times they're nervous about me photographing these really intimate moments. But when a year later, when I talk to them, they're like, if I don't want to look at the pictures, I don't have to look at the pictures, but I have them if I do. And I do. And, you know, people think, Mm -hmm. you know, especially funeral photography, like, Mm, well, that's weird. I don't want to relive that day. But I, I showed up at my friend's house like a, a year after her husband died um, and she has like six kids and she which brought out an album of her funeral and said, I have to show you this album I made. And I'm like, you made an album. And she's just like, I, and she's like, look at this. And she was literally pointing out like these really emotional, like hard pictures of her kids crying. And she said, I didn't even know my kids were feeling this way. Cause I was in my own little cloud that day. Mm. And now I have these pictures and I can, I can help my kids now. Mm. Gosh. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine um, what that's like, but you're right. I mean, it really is something that they can look back on um, and they can treasure. And um, just, I, I think it, you know, you while you are obviously um, doing, like I said, giving them a gift, it's also brave for you because that's, I mean, that's a lot um, for you yeah. to also be a part of. Um 
you know, something that I hadn't even considered until a couple of years ago. I mean, it's obviously it is completely different, but it has some similarities in that, like, um, I I went to a fundraiser for a ministry um, that they are called emergency chaplains. And literally all they do are they minister to first responders. Oh, wow. Who, you know, they go to the scene of tragic car wrecks, murders, things like that. And they pray for and minister to first responders. And it wasn't until I went there and heard these stories that it had even occurred to me. I was like, well, of course, duh. Like, of course, that's traumatic for these first responders. And this embarrassingly, like I'm the daughter of a Vietnam veteran. And so I know my mom's like my mom shared stories all the time of her PTSD and things like that. And obviously it's not war, but it's it's very similar in a lot of ways to, you know, people suffering from PTSD. And so, you know, but you being a part of some of these really painful times, is there something that has helped you over the years, you know, kind of prepare yourself for some of these really tough moments? And how do you kind of, you know, have other people either minister to you after photographing something really difficult? Or um, I just I just would love to know, you know, maybe how you love on those families and then who loves on you? So the the benefit of being the one in these situations with the camera is I feel like I have uh, I can hide behind it, you know, hide my tears behind it, hide my breakdowns. Because it's very vulnerable walking into these rooms and especially, you know, the funerals or like the ones that don't have the happy endings. And just um, everybody, you know, is crying. Everybody's in there is feeling that. And so um, having the camera is kind of my shield and kind of like my comfort. I feel like a lot more comfortable walking into a room with either one of my children or a camera because I have this like thing that, you know, that, you know, I can walk up to anyone and just talk to them instead of just like being really alone in that situation. So I think my camera is kind of, it helps me through that in, in ways. And then, um, also just, I, in those situations, I mean, when you hear of these tragic stories, I think everybody just wants to help. They want to do something. And I feel like because I have like a method of service that's unique where I can offer pictures it's kind of my way of coping because I want to serve. I want to do something, but like when, you know, someone loses someone or is going through cancer or even, you know, the, the miracle stories that, that I've photographed, um, it's, it's like, you want to do something, you want to help. And it's my way of helping. So I feel like, you know, when you are going through a day and you're just thinking about yourself and you're like, ugh, this is the worst day. And then something else happens to someone else. And then you can put your full body into it and serve somebody else. And you just feel better. I honestly feel like because I can do these things, I leave those situations feeling better than if I would have just gone in the tent, gone and given the hug and said, like, I'm sorry. I feel like it's a way that I can cope through these things yeah. um, a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what is sort of your or do you have a kind of long term vision for how you want to grow the passion project? So I actually just recently um, wanted to implement just like a, a more seasonal, like where I go strong on it. Cause I'm always up for a passion project. If someone emails me, I'll do it. And um, I've been able to photograph, you know, about a monthly basis. Like it depends on the year. Um, 
but I want it. I want to do like a six weeks of giving from like November into December and just really find people, um, that really, really, really need the help during this season. Um, you know, with gratitude season and gifting and all these different things that come up through November and December, um, and just do like straight six weeks, just one a week and just find those families that are really, um, meaning stuff. And I kind of want to make it something where maybe I do it this year. And then next year I get a lot of other photographers involved and we kind of just around the world are serving for six weeks and do, um, in, in, it can be in small ways too. Cause I know six weeks, that's a huge undertaking for a lot of people, but, um, maybe one during this six week period, if everyone can do one, we could change a lot of lives. Absolutely. You can absolutely change so many lives. Um, you know, I uh, a few months ago, I had uh, photographer Jeremy Cowart on the show, and he years ago launched uh, something called Help Portrait. And Help Portrait, he started off really small, like just in his little area where he photographed um, people experiencing homelessness. And oh. it's now grown to uh, like literally a worldwide event. Um, where they invite, you know, these incredible people in and they just provide them with a portrait. Um, That's amazing. That's really cool. You know, but he's been able to pull in all these other vendors, people to help with makeup or clothes, um, hair, you know, things like that, and just like love on and pamper these people. And for some of them, especially um, because now that it's, it's going on all over the world, you know, some of these people, it's the first time they've ever had a portrait taken of themselves. Yeah. Um, and they gift them with it. They print it there. They put it in a Aww. frame and give it to them. Um, and he's just talked about the impact over the years, how like it's literally changed people's lives. And he's like, I never could have anticipated that taking someone's picture would change their lives. Um, and so, you know, like what you're doing where what you're photographing and impacting these families, like it really can change lives. I mean, there's that cliche that like a picture is worth a thousand words, but like it really is yeah. like a picture can capture so many, so many emotions in just one still frame and, you know, pictures for ever since the invention of photography have, you know, documented, you know, some of the, the world's greatest moments and the world's mm-hmm. deepest, darkest moments. And um, it's the same for us, you know, in our everyday lives. And so I just, I love what you're doing. Um, and I, I really do pray um, over this project for you because I think that um, Jesus is using you in just such an incredible way. Um, you know, my, the listeners know that my my life verse is First Peter four ten. Each one of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And like you've your gift of photography is being used to serve others, and you're showing God's grace through that. Thank um, you. And it's just it's incredible. Um, I'm just I'm really really thankful for you sharing your story. So thank you, Kylie. Well, thank you. That was, it was, I mean, I get really emotional sharing that, but I think it's just, I think it's a powerful message that people can use, you know, their talents yeah. or whatever they are yeah. and their business and their job and they can, you know, have a greater purpose. That's why I love your podcast is because oh, all these you. stories that you share thank you. Um, are, you know, they, they really are changing. This is changing lives, this mm-hmm. message of, you know, using our, our talents 
for a greater purpose. Yep. So I love that. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. Um, well, Kylie, if uh, before we transition to the get to know you round, if people are interested in learning more about you or um, supporting your passion project in any way, how can they do that? Um, so I'm mostly on Instagram. I mean, I'm everywhere, but my favorite place to be is on Instagram. My Instagram is Kylie Ann Studios. Um, and then if you'd like to find some passion projects, they're on my blog or I have a hashtag Kylie and passion project. And you can find some of our favorite images from that as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Kylie, uh, this has been so much fun. Um, and we have, we've been on the verge of tears. <laughs> we've talked about snow. Um, but now is the time where we just ask some fun, lighthearted, get to know you questions. Um, it's one of my favorite portions of the show. So Kylie, are you ready for the get to know you round? Yes. I'm a little nervous. This all is right. like a little <laughs> nerve wracking. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Um, all right. Question number one. Uh, this is a, this is a fun one. What is something that is really popular right now? But in 10 years, you think everybody's going to look back on it and be super embarrassed by it. Oh, that I was just thinking of something the other day. Now I've got to think of what's top of my he- mind. So I don't know. I think that the um, cheetah print is coming back at large right now. It and is. it's one of those things that might keep coming back. But um, in 10 years, we'll be like, what were we doing? Like in high school, it was the zebra for me. No, oh, oh, um, zebra print, everything. Zebra and I'm like, oh my gosh. So, yeah. I mean, I'm all about the cheetah right now, but I think that it might be one of those things that we're just embarrassed about, especially now that, I, I mean, I'm a mom of three. Um, I sh- probably shouldn't be in full cheetah outfits. Um, like, it's more embarrassing, should. I think. When you're older <laughs> than when you're a high schooler, you know? Yeah. I personally, I'm a little um, flummoxed at the like return of not just chokers as like a necklace, but because like mm-hmm. sometimes you can wear like a dainty choker and it's okay. But I, the other day I was out just getting lunch and there was a group of what I'm assuming are high schoolers there and all of the girls were wearing like the like the black wiry chokers from the 90s yes and I was like wait what is this like (laughs) and then I saw something about um I'm you know now that I'm as my dad says, well into my 30s, like I don't feel as cool as I used to be. But they, there's like all this talk about the Visco girls. You know, oh, yeah. Visco and I don't girls? even know what that is. What even, it's basically, I know Visco. Yeah. But, so Visco girls are apparently like the teenage version of like what we were as teens in the 90s. Like they're all wearing like oversized t-shirts and like oh, chokers yeah. and scrunchies I like that I'm like what why why so is it Justin coming back Bieber, like have you seen his new style it's i, I looked it's, it up the other day it's, it has a word but it's basically like oversized really like you like really horrible like matching like just kind of grungy like it's so you. weird yeah and him and his wife are like big into this style and I look at it and I just it's cringy it's yeah. like it's like mustache wiry like you'd haven't shaved in a while like yeah that style I really hope doesn't become like full on because yeah. I can't get on board with that no, I can't I can't get on board with it either no okay I'm glad we're on the same page with this um <laughs> this is this is really important <laughs> stuff okay yes it is it is really important stuff um okay 
Question number two. If you are a professional athlete, so think like baseball player, um, something like that, what would your walk-up song be? What would okay, be your so right song? now, I mean, this kind of changes, but I'm really, really into uh, Taylor Swift's new album. So oh, yeah. The, um, what is it called? The one that's the man one. If I'd be the man, I don't even know the name of it, but you know what I'm talking about? Um, oh, it's called The Man. The so Man? If, if, if I if I were a man, then I'd be the man. I feel like that would be like the perfect like, athlete, you know, like yeah, walk on song because it's just it's a good pump up, but it's also I think it's kind of funny because yeah. it's a little bit true. No, I like so, it. Yeah, I would choose that one. I like it. That's a good choice. I'm proud of that. <laughs> um, okay, um, of all of your pet peeves, which one is the strangest? Do you have a really weird pet peeve? Strange. Oh, let's think that there's got to be one that's. So I don't know if this is strange or not, but I, one of my biggest pet peeves since like the day I got married is the water running when when it's not actively being used. Like when <laughs> someone's brushing their teeth and the water's still running or and it's so funny because I left the water I left the water running the other day when I was doing like my daughter's hair or something. And she said, mom, do you want the fish to die? (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, I taught her that. I'm like, she has the same. So yeah, I I don't know if it's just like the wasted water or like the sound or just like, why are you wasting it if you're not using it kind of a thing? Because like, I'll take a 20 minute shower, no problem. But like, or I'll turn the water on and like, let it warm up. But like brushing your teeth, should be like water on when you start, water on when you finish, not like the three minutes in between. That's hilarious. My <laughs> my husband always laughs at me because, you know, like when I'm getting ready for bed at night, like I need my, my water to wash my face and stuff. Like I need it warm. And our master bathroom is, you know, obviously it's on the second floor, but it's the furthest um, piping away from our water heater. So it takes forever (laughs) to heat up so I have to like turn the sink on and move it all the way to as hot as possible Mm -hmm. and it will take like I mean this is not an exaggeration like a solid two minutes to warm up and like I always feel so guilty but I'm like well my the water's freezing cold if I don't well you know what the thing is that's funny about that is when I'm trying to warm up my water I don't have any problem with the water running because like (laughs) if I have to make a bottle for my kid or something I'll let it run but it's something about the teeth brushing. Yeah. No, I can respect that. I, I can respect yeah. that. No, that's I'm 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 down with that, Kylie. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then uh, this is my last question, and this is the question I ask all my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? For me, running a business with purpose means finding joy and I guess I can't use the word purpose but finding a reason why you're doing this business beyond money or beyond getting clients or beyond just something that just fills your heart and that um, allows you to live like a, a bigger life and that doesn't mean like a bigger life like bigger home bigger things I mean like a bigger purpose like where you're able to serve people or you're able to serve yourself or do something for you that that fills you up and I think there's lots of ways you can do that you don't have to serve other people to have a business with purpose but um, I think that a lot of times we do things because we want to make money or we we take jobs because they look really good on a resume or whatever but having a business with purpose um, 
brings just a little bit more joy and um, maybe like helps define your life a little bit better or your business. I don't know if I put that into words correctly, but basically go above and beyond just going to work and going through the motions, just doing something that really changes not necessarily lives, but just fulfills you more than just clocking in and clocking out would. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. So thank you for that perspective. Thank you for what you're doing, Kylie. And thank you for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure to have you as a guest. Thanks so much for having me. This is just, I really love what you're doing and I'm so glad I could be a part of it today. I'd love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast when you share the show. And be sure to check out and shop the Seiko Designs Fair Trade Fall Collection at SeikoDesigns.com slash Molly Stillman. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Don't forget to check out the archives for so many incredible interviews with people who are changing the world. And if you're a regular listener of the show, thanks for tuning in week in and week out. Your support means the world to me. Don't forget to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe button. That subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you just take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is edited by my incredible husband and executive producer, John Stillman, with support from Kelly Dalton. And the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose. Mm -hmm.